0: Welcome to the Sales Tips for Pros podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. Welcome to the CPSA podcast. I'm your host today, Bill Bannam, and today we are going to be talking about consultative skills for selling to medium and larger sized accounts with resident expert, wonderful guy, Dave Johnston. Consultative selling has been around since 1970s and is needs-based selling essentially involves a salesperson using questioning techniques to ascertain the customer's business need and then help them provide a solution with their product while not without its criticisms some complain that customers don't want an advisor they want someone to step up and step up and take responsibility there are many benefits to the consultative selling approach in our day and age customers are more knowledgeable and cynical than ever you need to build trust before they will buy And with Dave's help today, we're going to understand just why the consultative selling approach does work when done correctly and what you need to do to ensure the success.
1: For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com and remember to subscribe to the cpsa podcast through itunes google play and more
0: dave johnston president at sales resource group welcome to the show you always good to be here bill to talk with you about sales so firstly dave if you don't mind sort of big picture uh explaining to our listeners how a consultative selling approach can when done correctly provide value to clients
1: well bill Today, clients are a lot more educated about their industry uh, markets and, and the product options that they have than, uh, in the past. It used to be you had to go in and talk to them about your product. Nowadays uh, they probably know as much about your product than the competitors out there as you do. Um, the big thing I think is that uh, the value that a consultative seller can provide to clients is that they help the client identify what their future needs to be. In order to do that, you've got to be able to uh, understand the customer's business uh, and understand what makes their business tick uh, and how the products and services that your organization offers fits into the solution that the customer needs. Uh, In that way, you become less of a, a salesperson and you become more of a resource
0: okay thank you very much now a big part of consultative selling today is based on one's personal brand that takes into account your own strengths weaknesses and personality type as someone with a pretty strong personal brand dave how how does having a strong online presence help reinforce confidence and interest and outside of uh using social channels what other channels should we be be looking to to use to to help meet the right people at the right times and, and, and show that um, authority and, and, uh, and product knowledge. So, for example, I, I'm, I'm aware that you're a passionate speaker.
1: Well, uh, the thing that I find is that customers, um, when they're looking to partner with an organization to, uh, and they're looking for more than just a transaction, um, they wanna, there's a risk involved. So they want to be able to mitigate that risk and make sure that they're uh, when they're investing in um, those partners that they're uh, they're getting somebody that's going to be able to add value. And part of that online presence is the ability to demonstrate that um, you have been there, you've uh, experienced the kinds of issues uh, that they have, and that you've actually helped somebody to to uh, resolve those issues or to. Uh, benefit from uh, your involvement. Uh, secondly, uh, it's it's being able to define the expertise that you're going to be able to bring to that situation and, and how that expertise is going to help them uh, to a positive out sales outcome. And then finally, uh, if you have very strong client references where you've been able to demonstrate that you have uh, Helped a client uh, or a customer in the past to, um, you know, to a, a successful sales outcome. Uh, that's in effect third-party selling because uh, they've got somebody that um, can uh, demonstrate uh, that they that you've uh, helped to mitigate that risk.
0: Okay, thank you. So today's show is largely focused on uh, frontline sales folk, the uh, uh, the sales practitioners, as opposed to leaders. But let's just uh, focus on the leaders for a moment. What, what can leaders of sales teams do to recognize the various roles in their sales teams and, and use strategies to help team members work effectively together so large accounts close and remain long-term customers that there must <laughs> there must be so many considerations that go into this so for example i know that uh you're also uh, very well known as a sales compensation expert Dave. there must be lots of considerations about team goals team compensations what's the you know otherwise why why should people work so closely together on one particular account if any one person's making money from that <laughs> so much to talk about there. But what, what, can, what can leaders help to recognize the, the different roles, different strengths in teams so that everybody pulls in the same direction to, to manage and close accounts?
1: The leaders um, are the linchpins in a lot of this because, um, you know, when I, when I do training with sales leaders, uh, I ask them what their job is. And very often they will say to me, um, my job is to motivate my people. And I always push back and say, frankly, that's not your job. Your job is to create an environment where people motivate themselves. And there's a fundamental difference there. It's, in one case, it's an external influence. Uh, In the second, it's creating that environment uh, where salespeople understand the opportunity, um, where they see the processes that are necessary in order to, um, you know, develop a successful sales outcome. And as well, you want salespeople to uh, understand the kinds of information that they're going to have to use and where that information comes from. So uh, managers uh, have to support their salespeople. Uh, it's not about providing you know, uh, infrequent feedback. It's about working with salespeople on an ongoing basis, not doing the work for them, but making sure that they have the tools Ah, uh, the processes, the information, and the training to be able to uh, be successful.
0: So, what would you say to those people out there today who 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 are saying to themselves, "Well, we're salespeople. Time is money. How how much how much time investment are we are we talking about there to to really show that you've done the research to show that you're you're the expert that they they need? Or <laughs> it, it, am, I, am I asking the wrong question? It, uh, is it really more about what the opportunity cost is and uh, what the lifetime value could be?
1: If you do have the expertise in the area, the research component then is more related to that particular opportunity. Um, but if you don't have uh, enough of a background, then you likely have to bring in somebody else from your organization who does. Um, or you need to look at it and say, do we have the expertise to be able to add value in this opportunity? And is it worth the time and the effort that we're going to have to put into it to be able to achieve it? Um, One of the big um, uh, issues in the past was, you know, companies that were hiring consultants uh, were doing so. uh, And the consultants were actually learning on the job. Uh, As a result, more and more organizations now are are saying, I want demonstration that you have the expertise already and that you can bring the resources uh, to the process before I'm gonna bring anybody in to to work with. Uh, The same thing's true with sellers. Uh, If all you're doing is uh, showing them product and showing them uh, the kinds of uh, features and benefits that your products have, um, you're not really adding value. Uh, You're just telling them what you have to sell.
0: Okay. Thank you. We are already coming towards the end of this particular interview, Dave. Just a few more questions for you. Uh, let's make sure firstly here that we, we check off some of those key factors, that, that sort of summarizing some of the things that you've set up to this point. So when it comes to looking for a reliable partner um, and ways that salespeople can differentiate their company from their competitors, we've mentioned, uh, Uh, We've mentioned depth of knowledge, we've we've mentioned uh, authority, we've we've mentioned being able to deliver on the product. Uh, We've spoken a little bit about service, but maybe you want to jump into that a bit more and any other factors uh, that you feel are are pertinent.
1: Well, I I think the, especially when you are um, meeting with the customer for the first time, that initial call or meeting is about establishing your credibility. Uh, you need to be asking the kinds of questions that demonstrate that you know them and you know their business. Um, it's also an information exchange. You want to find out uh, as much as possible the problems that they're, demonst- that they're struggling with uh, and uh, what are their pain points because uh, those are the issues that you're going to have to resolve. And, you know, part of that is... Um, Establishing with them upfront what are the objectives that they're uh, trying to achieve. Uh, Secondly, you need to be able to demonstrate how you would work with them. What kinds of things do you do, and what's your process? Uh, And uh, ideally, you want to be able to establish that collaborative um, uh, feeling that they're uh, they have a comfort level bringing you in, uh, that you can add value, and that uh, you're not going to be a risk to them.
0: And after that first call or, or meeting there, Dave, uh, any any tips for our listeners in terms of uh, securing the go forward commitments at, at, at the end of that, that conversation in terms of looping back in, clarifying what's being said and uh, getting some sort of a commitment to, to have at least another conversation?
1: And that, you know, I always um, upfront say, you know, what would you like to see happen out of this meeting? What's your objective uh, by the end of this meeting? Uh, and at the very end, I always ask the customer uh, if, uh, for permission to go away and come back to them with a proposal uh, that would address uh, the kinds of things that they identified as their objective up front. Um, I don't say to them, you know, I'd like to do a product demo. I don't say to them, I'd like to uh, take you through my, uh, uh, my process. Uh, I'd like to come back to them with an approach, a suggested approach to how we might move forward. Uh, that way, there's less risk again for them. Uh, there's uh, the commitment piece, then comes after I've had a chance to put together something um, to address uh, the problems that they're trying to solve.
0: Now, uh, how can salespeople get involved earlier in the buying conversation influence the outcome of our? so for example if 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 uh influencers in the space if sales folk with strong online brands are also supplementing that with uh uh being speakers at events or attending conferences are these the sort of ways that one can build a relationship earlier and position oneself better to 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 be there at the right time for that buying conversation and, and to hope, help, hopefully help steer a potential customer towards the right solution.
1: Well, you know um, RFPs are intended to take the relationship out of a business decision to uh, drive the uh, end result uh, down to price and um, expertise. So when you look at um, people that are successful in RFPs, they've got a long litany of uh, experience, uh, and they typically uh, provide uh, best uh, best-in-class pricing. Um, however, uh, you know if the first point at which you are entering into the discussion with a customer is when you receive the RFP, you're at a very significant disadvantage because uh, Any opportunity for a relationship and to demonstrate um, the value that you can bring uh, is uh, taken away from any face-to-face interaction. My experience is that the best way to influence um, buying decisions uh, and avoid RFPs uh, is having the relationship up front with the um, uh, customer in such a way that you're having the ability to interact with decision-makers prior to the RFP. So uh, a good example would be, you know, to uh, if a customer or uh, uh, an opportunity comes forward uh, and you get the uh, chance to meet with them to talk about it before it goes to RFP, uh, you then uh, have to identify sort of what are some of the key elements uh, in the situation that the customer is having and um, discuss with the decision makers the kinds of options that they have going forward. Uh, if, you, if you get that opportunity and you can demonstrate that you have a, a clear knowledge and understanding of their business, uh, the likelihood is, um, if it, even if it has to go to RFP, Um, you already have a bit of an advantage over um, people that are just responding through the RFP process. So that's how I would uh, get involved earlier is uh, do that upfront analytical piece, um, not from a a chargeable uh, opportunity or selling them something, but going in and helping them identify uh, the elements of the problem and what their options are moving forward.
0: All right, and just finally for today, Dave Johnston, how can our listeners learn more about all the wonderful work that is happening over at the Sales resource Group, and how can they connect with you?
1: Well, we uh, we work with clients uh, in a very flexible way, uh, based on what their needs are and um, what they're trying to accomplish. And as a result, um, to get a hold of me, it's very simple. Uh, you can reach me at uh, by phone. or you can reach me uh, via email at uh, djohnston at salesresourcegroup.ca.
0: Perfect. Well, Dave Johnston, thank you very much for being a guest on this CPSA podcast.
1: Thanks very much, Bill. And as always, it's
0: uh, good talking to you. And listeners, until next time, happy selling. Thank you for listening to the Sales Tips for Pro show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.